I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to The Trader, a Traitor's Podcast. My name is Matthew and I'm a writer working in TV development and I am a handy faithful. The Trader features deep dives into every episode of the multi-award winning hit TV competition series, The Traitors, as well as interviews with contestants from the shows. And this is season three of the podcast dedicated to The Traitors Australia. We are almost at the end of the series. Today I am diving into the penultimate episode, episode 11 of the season, and I have someone wonderful to help me do that. This is also the first season of the podcast where I will have had a co-host for every single episode, so no more me talking to myself about a whole episode. I'm joined by returning guest co-host, Rob. Rob is a chiropractor working in Yorkshire, and besides that, you'll find him in the kitchen cooking or baking, playing video games, or walking his two dogs. Rob is a huge American Big Brother fan and has watched every season. Rob, how are you going? <laughs> Good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. I feel I have to now. I can't say how you're doing anymore. I have to say how you're going in a bad Australian accent. I can't do an Australian accent, so I will <laughs> not be joining in. I, I really, I'm sorry. <laughs> Whilst I remember, I just mentioned American Big Brother, and I a question came up in a recent episode, and I thought Rob is the person to ask. Do they also have a rule in American Big Brother that you can't discuss nominations? No, and I heard this, and I was like, <laughs> obviously you being very complimentary, both of you, and I was sitting there cringing, <laughs> bright red, got really embarrassed, but uh, I was like, I've got to remember to answer that question. Um, no, it's the complete opposite. No, you are supposed to talk about who you're going to vote for. So there is one person, the whole household in UK Big Brother votes for who they want, and then the most 
tallied up votes, those two people go up. Whereas in America, one person wins a competition, like in the Traitors, they'll win a competition on their own to become the head of household. And then they pick two people on their own, but then you discuss with everybody else in the house how you're going to vote. So it's all about gameplay. It's all about social gaming. You need good um, alliances with people, people that will trust you, people you can trust. I mean, they always stab you in the back in the end, like any other game show like this. But yeah, it's the complete opposite. In the UK, Big Brother, you get kicked out for talking about who you're going to nominate. But in the uh, in the American one, it's 100% what the game is all about. Yeah, okay. I, that's very interesting. Ha- has it always been that way from the very beginning of American Big Brother? Yes, always been that way. It was very, very strict in the first few series where the person wins head of house, they nominate two people, and then one of those two people will definitely be going home. Whereas as it's been going for like 20-odd, I think it's 20-odd series now, um, nearly 20 series anyway, the the rules have changed and you can win immunity like in the traitors of the shield you can play a competition and win and take yourself off of or take a friend of yours off of nominations off of the block they call it and then that person has to be replaced so you can backdoor people you can put them up without them knowing they're going to be up and then all vote them out so it's a way of getting a really strong competitor out without them being able to take themselves off of it so it's all strategy it's very that's why i really like it but that didn't come until a bit later on um but the very first it was all social game the first few series were amazing to watch they look a little dated now but they um you can see people talk themselves out anything yeah well speaking of backstabbing and strategy and betrayal we are going to try to betray one another because we're going to play our game the trader traitor We're kind of at a draw right now because last time we both deceived one another without being caught. So let's see how it goes today. Here are the rules for listeners. Our mission throughout the episode from here on in is to tell a lie to one another. The lie has to be a fabrication or a made up fact, big or small, about the traitors, about ourselves or about anything else. For example, last time we played, I told you a fake story about interviewing Faithful Matt and I claimed he said production had made him give a speech at the breakfast table. However, your lie can't be a fake opinion. So I wouldn't have been allowed to lie and say, I think Matt shouldn't have made a speech at breakfast, when actually my real opinion was that his speech was rousing and emotional. At the end of the episode, we each have to put our traitor hunting skills to the test and decide what we thought the other person's lie was. Are are you are you in the mood to try and beat me again, Rob? I am. But well, I won't not, say not now. Beat me again. Draw with oh, me yeah. again. Draw. I'm happy <laughs> to draw. I'm very happy to draw. Uh, but I never ever seem to get it right when I'm listening. So we'll see. Like, so I've got less chance now trying to concentrate on this as well. But we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll give it a go and our game begins now, which means we are ready to start discussing episode eleven of The Traitors Australia. So the episode begins with a recap of some of the main events of episode 10. We know that Lewis won the shield last time, so he was protected from murder and banishment. Although he didn't really need to be protected from uh, murder because he wasn't on death row, so he couldn't have been murdered anyway. The episode ended with Nigel being banished, Kate being recruited as a traitor by Alex, 
And Kate and Alex got together to discuss who would be murdered next. And again, they only had two people to pick from. It was either going to be Craig or Paul. It could have been Kate, but she's a traitor now, so she couldn't murder herself. This episode then begins properly at breakfast. Uh, Lewis arrives first. Uh, Lewis says in his interview, if you're not suspicious of everyone, you're a bloody idiot. Uh, Alex is, and I think he's right, um, at this point, you you cannot trust anyone at all. Alex is next, and Alex is so good at playing innocent. Um, I, her, her whole persona just sort of works perfectly because she's she's so sort of bright-eyed and she's so sweet and she seems really friendly and she's obviously very beautiful as well. Um, so it just... Uh, she she just pulls it off so well, I think. She really does. And I have to say, I, I know I wasn't here some, for the last episode, but the way that she got Nigel's name out there, I know you probably talked about this already, but it was so clever to literally be like, oh, who got in the water again? Who was it? And they listed off every traitor and Nigel. And she was like, hmm, what does that mean? And they were, everyone else <laughs> pounced on the idea. So she didn't actually do it, physically say Nigel got in the water. He must be a traitor. She just put those seeds out there and and Kate and everybody else was just like, oh, yeah, that's, it must be Nigel. So she is so smart. I can't sing her praises enough. She is a secret smiling assassin. She sits back, watches, drops little nuggets out when she needs to. And it feels like no one even bats an eye at her when she does it. Um, and as you've said, her ability to stay calm and just carry on as normal i think that is a bit of a bonus of having been faithful to start with i do think yeah. that's a great way to be playing the game as in get to start out being faithful just making friendships with everybody not having to worry about backstabbing or or lying particularly you just playing a game having fun trying not to stick out too much and then you get pulled in near the end and you know who the traitors are then and you have quite a lot of power I know they said they were going to bring her in to kick her out, but she flipped it on them like <laughs> completely and very quickly. She knew what was happening. She just su suspected it. And I honestly, it blows my mind how, uh, how well she's able to m manipulate the game in her favor. Yeah. And you, you won't, ha you won't have heard the previous episode yet because it's not out at this point, but that's something I spoke about with um, Joe, who co-hosted the last episode with me. Nigel and Marielle sort of had seemed to have this idea that Alex would be a good choice for a recruit because they could just use her as cannon fodder and then get rid of her really quickly. But I think that makes no sense. Or I think that would have been a really difficult task because no one seems to be suspicious of Alex at any point. So they would have had to turn everybody against her from nowhere. So yes, I hadn't thought about that myself. Now you've said that, when they did it, I was like, oh no, not Alex. Like, don't pull her in and then just kick her straight out. But really, you're 100% right. You, No one was looking at her, no one suspected her. So for two people to suddenly be like, it must be her, it wouldn't go down that well, I don't think. So, yeah. no, that's very smart. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Teresa arrives next at breakfast. Um, St. Teresa, as you anointed her. Yes. Uh, she says, <laughs> holy shit, I'm down to the final five. Uh, and she also points out that if she, she says, if I was a traitor, I'd kill Kate. And 
then we know that Kate is going to arrive. Kate arrives. It's her first time as a traitor. She's telling us that this is the most nervous she's been in the whole game and that the whole competition has totally shifted now. Um, she's hoping that the fact she found two traitors in a row will go in her favour because, you know, people will assume that she's a faithful. It didn't do too well for Marielle. I'll just put that out there right now. <laughs> That's very true. You're right. Um, Lewis and... Teresa are, are so surprised when Kate walks in then. They they really thought that she would be the one who was murdered. She was on de death row. And they then start discussing mm, the mind games of the traitors and who's bluffing and who's double bluffing. And it's all very complicated. They're really just trying to get to the bottom of what is the traitors' strategy here? Who are they and what are they doing? Do you think... Do you think that Kate, when she came down, was acting very oddly? Like, I don't remember, I don't think I paid a lot of attention to how she acted through. She was always very confident, very like assertive and sure of herself. But now she's a traitor. And she even mentions this later a bit, finding it difficult. But she just seems so guilty. I, the, from the first minute she starts talking or moving around, just her actions, everything. I'm just like, how are they not all looking at her going, why is she? <laughs> it seems very odd. Especially as they're looking at her thinking, why are you not being murdered? I would have thought they'd been paying so much attention to her. And she looks so, so guilty. Yeah. I I did think that, that she looked... Not necessarily guilty, but more worried and anxious than she normally does. Yeah, and I'll probably yeah. talk a little bit more about that later as well. But I think she probably got away with it because she had been on death row. And therefore she could kind of just blame it on that. Like, And again, like Therese, Therese and Lewis thought, probably everybody thought she was going to get murdered. So she's able to play her anxiousness off on that like oh god oh yeah I, I also thought i was going to get murdered i can't believe i was on death row and i made it what's going on so I, I guess that's that was her excuse for behaving like that i think i think how she got away with it actually was part of Teresa's ultimate downfall is that Teresa talks a lot and i love it i'm here for it <laughs> she can speak as long as she wants to my in my opinion but because she talks so much and i think just says everything that comes into her head out loud, she was reasoning out loud as to why the traitors may have kept Kate. And she said, maybe it's because keeping you here makes you look so guilty. And it does, because on death row, she was on death row. And I think people always suspect that one traitor will put themselves up to make themselves look um, innocent. Um, and then she kind of, Teresa said out loud, like, well, maybe it's making everyone everyone confused and, and Kate kind of grabbed, grabbed that. I was like, yes, yes, I think, I think that's it. That must be what it is. And this happened a few times this episode where I kind of was like, shh, Teresa, shh, <laughs> shh, please stop talking. Because it, it just, I think, ended up being a slight um, issue for her, I wish I'll say. <laughs> yeah. And having interviewed Teresa, I think she would willingly volunteer that as well. <laughs> so then... Because Kate has arrived, we're basically waiting for Craig or Paul. They, they're the only two people who are left on death row, so it can only be one of them who would be murdered. And eventually, it is Craig who arrives. And even he walks in and immediately points at Kate and exactly. just says, you're here. But he can't believe it either. Um, of course, there is no, there's no cab ride interview with Paul 
Um, because right. why would there be? <laughs> but like, <laughs> like I mentioned uh, in a previous episode, you, you can actually watch it on Instagram, weirdly. So on the Tracers Australia Instagram page, you can see some extra clips. So you actually do get to see Paul talking in the cab, but <laughs> and make it to the TV show? Absolutely not. Well, it was only the last episode that I realised he was even British. Yes. Like, I was like, oh, oh, he's not even Australian. <laughs> we hadn't heard him talk. That is the exact same thing I said in the previous episode, which isn't out yet. When I was talking to Joe, I said, Joe, this was the first time I realised Paul was English. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I The next thing I have in my notes is exactly what you just said a minute ago. I've just written, Kate looks scared. Uh, (laughs) And they're all assuming that... They all seem to be assuming there's probably only one traitor left. Um, I I don't know if that should make Kate feel better or worse. But then Roger arrives. He does his little funny bit of pretending to shout down the table because there are so few of them and they're sitting so far away. Uh, And he tells them a little bit about the mission. He gives them some clues, as he likes to do. He tells them it's got something to do with combinations and he makes some sort of reference to needing your sense of smell. Then we move right on. We're in the cars. We're heading off to the Silver Challenge. Teresa, Kate and Alex are in one of the cars together. And this is where I noticed even more so than breakfast how uncomfortable Kate looked. Uh, Teresa's doing what she does and is kind of just talking and talking and talking. And Kate seems to be, from looking at Kate, I get the impression she's thinking of, she's analysing everything Teresa's saying and just thinking, what would a faithful do? How would a faithful react? What should I say if I'm a <laughs> but But as a result, she's saying nothing. She's just not talking. One of her, even one of her clips, she even says like, who am I? I'm trying to remember. Who am I? And I thought, oh God, it really is getting to her. She's really getting sucked in by this whole, I'm now a traitor. I'm not a faithful. How yeah. I can't remember what I'm actually like as a human being. I have to, yes. I have to try and remind myself. Yeah. And what Teresa's really talking about is Lewis. She's, she wants to go for Lewis. She thinks that he really dodged the bullet yesterday when he won the shield. And she's trying to get Alex and Kate really hyped up, but... They're not really respond. I mean, I think Alex is always really quiet anyway, so it probably doesn't look that strange. But for Kate to not react to that does catch Teresa's attention. She's like, no, like, are you not on the same page as me? What's going on? Um, And she asks, well, are are you thinking of someone else other than Lewis? Kate just says she's still considering everyone. And Teresa goes, but we have to send a traitor home tonight. And then she says, Kate would be a great traitor. <laughs> and Kate goes, but but I wouldn't have got rid of all the other traitors. Uh, and then I think maybe this is what you referenced earlier. Teresa goes, but that would have been really smart. So Kate, Kate's just struggling. Uh, she says, there's a little cut to an interview with Kate. And she says that she's got no allegiance to Alex, even though Alex just recruited her. And already she's thinking, should she be planning some way to to oust Alex. So, so she's already she's got all of this going on at the same time. She's she's trying to make sense of everything. I hate to bring it back to Teresa. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. But I feel like this is the moment where she should have a bit a bit quieter and not been so talk about things obviously. But she was so it was so obvious that neither of them were interested in what she had to say. Like it was so 
Maybe you're right. Alex doesn't talk a lot anyway, so that didn't sit. But Kate is usually very keen to talk. They had obviously worked together to get Marielle out. It was they had a good, they had a bad relationship to start with, and then they had a very good relationship. I feel like that for them took each other off each other's radar a little, mm-hmm. a little bit. So, yeah. but to be getting blanked by them both, uh, it just seemed a little bit of a, a red flag. Please stop talking. Please rein it in a little bit. Um, and I know you've talked about this a little bit as well, but the whole fact that they have to drive themselves, <laughs> the challenges. And I mean, I I can't imagine having to have these in-depth conversations about tactics and voting while trying to concentrate on the road and where you're going. I mean, have they got a sat-nav on? There's never any like turn left here. Like, <laughs> it's just, they just seem to be driving and driving and, and uh, I, I fear for their safety a little bit, but maybe next series they'll have they'll have drivers to to take them to their, to the next locations. However, I have watched some series um, like the Dutch series and the Norwegian series, and they drive themselves as well and far more recklessly. <laughs> where sometimes they're not even looking at the road and I, for ages. And I'm kind of thinking, I know the roads in Europe are often very straight, but this is crazy. Please look, please look forward. <laughs> I, this is something that I uh, spoke to Kate about already very briefly. Um, and Dirk in his interview asked him about why there are no drivers. Um, I think, yeah, there's. I assume that there's somebody else driving in front of them and they just follow because Kate mentioned something about asking production, how long is this car journey going to be? Um, so there must, and they, they said, oh, it's just five minutes. So they must just follow a car that takes them to the okay. right place. But yeah, maybe the the next series, because it's got celebrities in it, maybe the celebrities will be like, I'm not driving myself. How ridiculous. <laughs> well, the Dutch one and the Norwegian one are celebrities as well. So in their, oh, own, well. In their own ranch, in their own rights, in their own yeah, countries, yeah. obviously. Um, so no, they don't get any, they don't get any silver okay. spoons. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, the silver, oh, nice segue to the silver challenge. There you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> In fact, the first thing I've written is how far do they drive to get to these missions? Because uh, they 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 arrive at this this giant like elevated walkway obstacle course thing up in the air, um, and I sort of it's good location scouting because I think how are all these things so close to this hotel? <laughs> this is pretty convenient. Uh, Roger tells them. Uh, Roger just reads them to filth. He tells them that they look like a degrade mixed basketball team. Yes, uh, bit, bit harsh. Always forgiven, Roger. That that one read was the uh, saving grace. Everything's forgiven. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, suddenly, his uh, his clues from breakfast start to make sense. Um, he tells them that it's it's a memory relay game. They have to memorize a coloured pattern, which is away at the top of this giant spiral staircase. And then find it the corresponding pattern on a metal hanging thing from a bridge. Um, it's kind of weird. Uh, that, that I noticed that bridge is bouncing as they run. <laughs> it's like you can feel every step. This challenge is like half my perfect challenge and half my worst nightmare. Like I have, <laughs> I'm, I do a lot of running, so that bit's fine. I have a very good memory, so you could give me the list of things, colors, and they only did half each, and they they kind of. They will try to learn either the top half or the bottom half each. Yeah. And I, I mean, definitely could learn half of it very quickly, but that high up, no. And especially because you could see through the bridge as well. Yeah. So yeah. The side bridge, it had rope sides. 
my brother lives in Perth in Western Australia and we did a road trip and we went to somewhere similar where you had to, it was actually climbing up a tree though. It had like metal spikes in the tree and you had to climb up the side. And I think I got five rungs high and I was just like, nope, this is, this one's not for me. <laughs> you can go up, but I'm i I'm definitely not doing this. So yeah, it's a, it was a great challenge for, um, for anyone that's fine with heights, but for me, I would be, no, I, that's not, that's not for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they have to pair up for this, uh, although they, there aren't really enough of them, so they agree that Lewis will run twice. Alex and Lewis are the first pair. They eventually are successful. It seems to take them a little bit of a while. They find the, the right pattern. They run back to the safe where they have to put a code in. They get their two silver bars. By the way, their code was 1987. Uh, and that's my birth year, so I was very excited when I saw that. Uh, Teresa and Kate are... I don't remember any of the other codes, just that one. <laughs> Teresa and Kate are a pair. They are also successful. They get two more bars. And then Craig teams up with Lewis again. Lewis goes twice. Uh, it seems like Craig's struggling a little bit with the running. Bless him. And sadly, they don't succeed in time. Uh, but... It means that the total prize fund now is two hundred and ten thousand um, dollars. I I didn't think that this mission was. I'm being really picky. I'm being very pedantic. Although the mission's impressive in a way because it's on quite a grand scale, I don't think it's that successful for TV because we can't. There's not really any sort of play play along ability. And you, although you could say that about any of the challenges, like we don't. We see the the color charts for a brief second, yes. So we don't really get to memorize them. So we've kind of got no idea what they're looking for. Like when they pick up those things hanging from the bridge, and they're like, "Oh, is that it?" That's like as a viewer, we're like, "I don't know. Is it? Is it? I'm not sure." So I don't know. But yeah, you also no. we couldn't play along with the crossbow challenge either, and that didn't seem to bother me. So I don't know why I picked up on it. <laughs> I think the crossbow challenge was exciting to, to see who could hit and who could miss. And some each time they did it, they were eliminating their contestants out. So that's what made it like, oh, who's going to be the one, the final one? This was, for a viewer, a fairly boring challenge. I think, as you say, the grand scale of it being so high up, the, the bridge bouncing around, that that's kind of exciting. But watching Teresa struggle, like, running along and and not being able to really keep up it was a bit like well this isn't that's not nice to watch mm -hmm. watching um lewis and um craig at the end i felt like there was a way they could have they didn't i don't know if there were strict rules but i think lewis was trying to get the the code out i would have been like craig go run on go run on and then just shout the code so he could have got it in quicker i think they could have got that last one out yeah they thought about how to finish that that because they were just running out of time basically but it wasn't there have been other challenges where that last few seconds that last minute or whatever has been quite exciting like oh they're going to do it i know you say it's fake but i believe it <laughs> i want to believe it i want to believe it um but no this one this one wasn't this one wasn't a fun challenge to watch, but it, I can imagine doing it. The excitement would have been there just trying yeah. to get that code out. Because you physically, they they took the silver bars out with their hands and put them in a pile. That's quite exciting. Yeah, yeah. So after the mission, then, we are back in the cars. Lewis is getting worried. He's worried there's going to be another blind side, like what happened with Marielle. He's in the car with Craig, uh, and Craig actually says it could be someone we're not even suspecting like alex 
and Lewis says he doesn't want to think it's her, but she's been so perfect throughout the game. So at, at that moment, I'm sort of thinking, wait a minute, are they catching on to Alex here? Are they, are they starting to figure things out? And Craig reflects and says maybe he's been too biased towards Alex because they get on really well and, and they're close. And he's also very nervous about banishment tonight. Uh, which, which to me, it felt like the first hint that Alex might be in trouble. Um, it's never seemed like a possibility until now. I think it was Lewis that said um, that he didn't think it was Alex because of how Alex's reaction seemed so genuine. And then he listed Mark being murdered. Mm -hmm. But she was faithful then, right? At yeah. That point. Yeah. yeah. So he was saying how much she was crying, how upset she was. And I was thinking, well, she was faithful. So she, she would have been really upset. And they were obviously friends. Um, and then he was like, oh, she was also gutted for Marielle. And I was like, well, that one, that one was definitely acting. That was, that was the most <laughs> acting right there. But that's why I think her having the starting option of being a, well, she wasn't picked to be a traitor. So she was a faithful, then being recruited. It's given her people's memories of her are like, well, she was so, she was so much like us when that one thing happened that she'd got to be one of us. And I think that's what's carrying her through so so nicely the it's her i mean it's not just luck she is managing to continue acting the same way this is where kate has changed a little bit and it's it's a, a little bit more precarious for her but alex is managing to just stay exactly the same keep a calm cool head and is just playing the game very smoothly mm -hmm. yeah it, it actually makes me think that if i was to be in the game to to be in alex's position is probably the best thing that could happen to you like to be a faithful and to to vote out some traitors and gain the trust of everybody in a really genuine way and then be recruited and you've got such an advantage to be like well look back at all that other stuff that i did as a faithful when i was watching the first well the uk traitors and american traitors i actually before i'd watched australian i actually was like if i ever played this game this is what i want to happen to me i want to be a faithful and then be recruited and have that knowledge of yeah. who the traitors are how can i use that to my advantage to then win to win the money but it only works if you are good enough to run with it and that's the thing a lot of people and as i said i have watched some other series where this has happened they just crumble immediately it's yeah. so obvious and that people are like why what's happened to this person they are just completely completely different than they were yesterday and this is why i have so much love and respect for the way that alex playing this game because she is just an amazing um an amazing contestant an amazing traitor and um she's just playing a blinder mm -hmm. she is yeah we return back to the hotel then, and uh, oh, I I noticed at this point uh, from this, I mean there there only are two episodes left, but there are no more shield challenges. That's kind of over and done with now after Lewis won in the last episode. Uh, Alex keeps uh, using the phrase. Um, <laughs> he keeps using the phrase "sole traitor," as in like a single traitor, and because of her Australian accent. I think she's saying sole trader, like a person who has a business on their own, because she says like sole trader. I, I actually, and I'm like, I keep thinking, why is she yes. talking about sole trader? <laughs> well, as a sole trader myself, <laughs> I actually thought that. Well, I don't think I even. I just didn't think I understood what she was talking about. So I thought, <laughs> yeah, it must just. Well, because she called, she, she called um, when they were talking about other people later on, and she called someone a larrikin. 
Oh, called? yes. Um, Lewis, a larrikin. And I was like, I don't know what a larrikin. Like, I just assumed it was another Australian phrase that I didn't <laughs> I didn't know what it was. Uh, Rob, just you wait five minutes and we'll come back to larrikin. <laughs> okay. No, I, I can wait. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. Uh, so in the hotel, after talking about being a soul trader, uh, Alex is talking to Lewis. Um, something I've noticed that I think makes her a very good liar is she's very, very good at maintaining eye contact when she's talking to people. And her body language is so relaxed. And she often does this thing where she touches people. She'll touch them on the arm. She does it with Craig a lot. She'll hold their hand. Um, she'll she'll put her hand on their shoulder. So she's doing it with Lewis right now. She's looking right at him whilst completely lying to him. Um, and she agrees that they should probably go with Teresa, that Teresa is the person that they should be looking at for banishment today. Alex and Kate then go and talk to Craig and they tell him that they're going for Teresa as well. Craig seems totally shocked by this, but Kate has to justify it. So she says when she walked into breakfast, Teresa wasn't surprised to see her. And then she brings up the theory that Teresa came up with at breakfast, which was that the traitors have just kept Kate in to make her look like a traitor. And Kate says, how did Teresa think of that so quickly? She's saying that was so smart of Teresa. And Teresa probably is very clever, but she says it was it was too fast. How, what, that Teresa came up with this theory. So Kate's saying to Craig, I think that's really suspicious. <laughs> and Craig, Craig just says, she's going to hate me, isn't she? And then he's... He what has this think? moment. Alex nods at him, like, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, she is. And I thought, oh, <laughs> you're supposed to come, no, it'll be fine. But she, she literally, like, nods at him, like, yes, you should be worried. She's going to come for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I guess, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but then she, well, Craig, Craig's then, like, kind of pleading with Alex and Kate, and I just feel so bad for him. And, and on one hand, I should... I should sort of think, oh, you fool, you're you're not playing the game well. But on a human level, I just can't help but feel so bad because he's he's sort of looking at them really pleadingly and he's saying, we're going to stay together, the three of us, aren't we? And of course, they're like, yes, Craig. And I I just feel so bad. Um, well, this is where you you uh, can learn from your other co-host, uh, David, who does the Survivor and Big Brother and the other reality TV show yeah. podcast. And he has his long list of do's and don'ts for reality TV. And I think, I don't know which number it is, but one of them is definitely like play with your head and not with your heart. And I think Craig probably didn't. I don't think he probably watches a lot of TV shows like this. I don't think he probably have watched Survivor or Big Brother. He does seem a little bit like he's been thrown in at the deep end a lot, a lot yeah. of the time. Um, and he's probably a very sweet guy. But unfortunately, in this game, that's going to be very easy to manipulate and get your way. And with a show like this, you can't get emotionally invested in your fellow contestants because, well, they're literally about to backstab you the first chance they get. So it's a bit, it is sad, but at the same time, for me watching the show, I'm like, well, this is what it's all about. This has to happen. Um, and they are making an amazing pack, two traitors and one faithful saying to them, we'll take you to the final three. Him saying, yes, I'll take you two to the final three. We'll just have to get the other two out. There are two traitors there. And if they, you know, they then have to decide, are we going to share the money or are we going to get one of each other? And I mean, at the moment, they are secretly very much like, I can't trust the other one at all. But <laughs> who knows? Who knows where they're going to go with it? 
Yeah, you're right. They're, they've they've got this perfect situation probably with with Craig saying things like this. They they just know well this is great. We can use this and get to the end. Um, there's actually a flashback here, which is quite odd to Traitor's Tower. Um, we go back to Alex and Kate discussing it, to how they're going to do exactly what they're now doing, which is to get everyone to vote out Teresa or possibly Lewis. But we cut to Kate again saying. She doesn't actually trust Alex, though. And then, sort of in the present, I suppose, she 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 does consider seeing if there's any indication that people might vote for Alex. And she talks to Lewis a little bit about it. But she also knows this is so risky because she needs Alex to think that they're working together. So she probably can't... Pull, throw her name out there in the banishment room that might look really bad um, so she she, does, she seems like she doesn't know what she's going to do um, she talks to Teresa and Craig and she brings up Alex again she says that like Marielle and Nigel she's been laying low really successfully but they just Teresa and Craig don't look convinced um, and, and it seems to just all go back towards Lewis on Teresa's part yeah, and this I think with Kate was actually quite a smart gameplay. Test the waters a little bit, put her name out there a little bit. I didn't like it particularly because I'm I'm Alex. I'm number, I mean, I'm a big Teresa and Alex fan. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> she was a little. It was smart moves to test the water. She didn't push it too hard, but she got she got the name talking people talking about um, Alex a bit. But Teresa actually. Uh, no, Kate actually said to Teresa, well, you know, I still think you're a traitor, but I'm not 100% sure on, on Lewis anymore. And I kind of thought, wow, she's maybe taking it a little bit too far. Like, I think that's that could be seen as a little bit, uh, yeah, you, you, you're walking on dangerous territory there. Because I, I know Craig, obviously, is, we've seen, I don't think Kate knew this at this point. It does come back to this later, that how close Alex and Craig are. So yeah. that opinion of Alex with Craig there is a little bit, um, maybe a little bit too too much. Yeah, I actually wondered if at this, well, the sort of start of the episode slash end of the last episode, when Kate and Alex are figuring out who they're going to murder, either Craig or Paul, I, I wonder if, and this is not because I saw it in the programme, it's just me theorising, I wonder if Alex very deliberately downplayed how close she was to Craig. I definitely think so. I mean, I don't, I, 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 you say we don't know, but I definitely think so. And that's why there's so many things that Alex does that I think, wait, did she do that? Like recruiting Kate was so smart because it it's another woman. So if people suddenly think, oh, it's got to be a woman, then she's there as a, a backup. She's also got a bit of attention on her already because she's quite vocal. And then she was on death row. So again, it's another reason that people might look at it because everyone thought one of those people was probably, she does these things. We don't ever hear an interview where she's like, oh yeah, yeah, I thought about this. I knew this was the thing to do. <laughs> I don't know if it's all luck or, or fluke, but she just makes such incredible game decisions. And this is another example of that. She's just very, very smart. Yeah, I think so. And this is uh, it's at this point that Alex described Lewis as a larrikin. Yes. Rob, did you know 
Larrikin is an Australian English term meaning a mischievous young person, an uncultivated, rowdy but good-hearted person, or a person who acts with apparent disregard for social or political conventions. And I used Wikipedia because I'm a serious broadcast journalist. So, <laughs> well, it's a perfect, perfect description of Lewis from what I've seen. <laughs> it couldn't be. That is the most. He might just put his picture on there. His cheeky smile. His little like he's got that mischievous little look in his eye. I think that's a yeah. That was a good description and uh, thank you for educating me on Australian language <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> I I need to remember that word I need to like start slipping that into my everyday usage as well a larrikin um, I, I know a few larrikins I reckon yeah uh, <laughs> I knew a lot of larrikins when I was a teacher okay. um, <laughs> then uh, Teresa drops Kate right in it <laughs> and tells Alex Kate Kate suggested it could be you and and Alex looks sort of quietly livid at this point I think um, and we then cut to her little interview and she says Kate is a very clever player is she, and she's wondering is she about to double cross me and, and then we head into the banishment room so we're going to find out Hey I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Um, it, it feels so strange because there are only five people sitting around this table now. It's so big. It, it, it just, it, yeah, it's... I don't know the shift from like seven to five or six to five or whatever it was from the last episode. It's not that it's not that much of a difference, but it just visually suddenly looks like wow. There are where did everyone go? The one thing I've noticed, which I think is a really good thing, is on other TV shows. I don't remember what they did on the UK one, but when people were getting eliminated, I feel like they stuck in their same seats no matter what. They didn't like spread the seats out. But sometimes yeah. it does things like have five people on one side and one person on their own opposite them. And that always makes that person stand out because everyone's looking at that one, but five people looking at one, it makes them look so guilty, I suppose, just sitting there on their own. And yeah. Whereas in this Australian version, they've spaced the seats out nicely so that everyone's got a fair chance to, to, to not be singled out for just, for just being sat lonely on their own. Yeah, that's true. I hadn't really thought about that, but yeah, that, that does make sense, yeah. Um, Roger is in the banishment room, of course. He mentions the end game for the first time. So he's he's building up towards the finale here. He's really trying to turn up the tension. He's reminding them of how crucial it is not to let a traitor through to the finale. And he tells them to forget grudges and the he said, she said. But I sort of think as if you're, well, 
what else have they got to go on other than <laughs> grudges and he said she said <laughs> that's the genius of the game it's just all mind games and hearsay yeah. um craig begins a discussion he says maybe they should get anything off their chest that's important Teresa then pipes in and she says just blatantly says she's going for lewis and she thinks everyone else should too uh craig and alex tell lewis they think that he the way that he went so hard for the shield in the last mission was made him look a little bit suspicious. I always think that they always come back to this. Like if someone really like Nigel went for the shield and it's like, wow, you, that's bad. Why would he go for the shield? No one was even talking. I feel like if you have any chance to win immunity, no matter if you are being talked about or not, why wouldn't you fight for it with all? Because you never know what's going to happen at the flip of a coin. People change their minds and someone gets voted out. And also... From watching other like Big Brother and stuff, people fight for the immunity even if they don't need it to make sure that the person they want to go home goes home. Yeah. So Lewis could be like, right, I've got to get this immunity so that we can get Nigel out. That 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 wasn't what happened, but that could have been. They just but to be flipping it like, why are you trying so hard to stay in the game? Well, of course, <laughs> I want that money. So it, it, I know that they have to again, like you've just said, you pick any reason to throw your um, opinions on someone. And that's all they had to go by was that he fought so hard for it. But I do think he needed it because people were talking about him. And in fact, Teresa, when she was talking to people about voting, she was like, well, two days ago, we wanted to vote for Lewis, but here he still sits now. Why is he not gone? Why are we just, why are we flipping our votes all the time? So he did, he did need it actually, but um, they, they, they obviously don't like it when you try too hard. It's like being at school. You can't do well. You get, you get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I agree with you that it's it's. I don't think it's a very fair reason to attack Lewis. Like you you tried. Yeah. Why wouldn't he? Exactly. Why wouldn't he try and win the shield? Why wouldn't they? They all wanted to win it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, exactly. You know. Um. There's something really interesting here because Craig points something out. Craig points out it was weird that Nigel was writing down Lewis's name, but not Marielle's, and they obviously know Nigel was a traitor. I I just think this is a really important point because probably one of the best pieces of information that players can use in this whole game is to look at how people voted. Because, yeah, there's so much that's not really evidence at all, and it's just rumour and gossip and hearsay and trying to pick up on people's behaviour and body language. None of that's particularly sort of tangible, though. But once you find a traitor, you looking back at who they voted for every time probably, I think, is one of the most helpful things that you can do. I think it can be very helpful. Um Sometimes not so. If you think about Marielle voting for Angus, well, yeah, Claire, you look at that and go, well, she can't be a traitor because she's voted for two other traitors. So that it can be useful, but you again, you can't take it as the only reason to to vote someone. Um, but in that case, it was the right thing. And <laughs> saying this is the reason I'm keeping you was actually smart. I actually think that was a smart thing of Craig. Was like, well, the one reason I'm still thinking you are faithful is because. Nigel wouldn't vote for Marielle, who was a traitor, but he was happy to vote for you. So I feel like Nigel was an honourable person. He wanted to keep people around um, that he was playing with. So if he won't vote for you, then you must be a faithful. So yeah. that actually, that, in that sense, that was smart. But you can't, it's not a fail-proof, um, it's not a fail-proof way of playing the game. Yeah. Um, 
Lewis says that traitor. Well, the thing is, Craig doesn't. It doesn't really then take it forward. Like he doesn't really do anything with it. Um, Lewis says that basically the traitors have been playing an amazing game. They've been pulling the strings, and that he just thinks he. He's kind of putting himself down. He's saying, well, I, I couldn't have done that. I couldn't have pulled that off. Just, I'm, don't put yourself down, Lewis. You're, you're a good guy. Um, Kate then turns to Alex and says, I don't think you've ever received a vote, have you? And so at this moment, I'm thinking, oh, is Kate, is Kate about to try and turn on Alex now? Is this really going to happen? And Alex just shrugs and says, I don't know. And Kate goes, mm, it's intriguing. And it's it's really risky of Kate to do this, like because I I get the impression like the pretty certain Alex isn't going to be banished tonight. So why is Kate doing this at this late point? I I, I don't know if there's very, any point in it. Very risky, but possible high reward. That is, I think it's got to the point where Kate's like, I've got to make some big moves here because maybe I'm a bit more on the outskirts than Alex is. If no one's ever even said her name at the table, which we don't know, because obviously we only see a few minutes of a few hours conversation, but it sounds like she's definitely not had a vote, but maybe no one's even mentioned her before. So yeah. Kate was like, right, today's the day. Your name is going to be thrown <laughs> going to yeah. be thrown out. And this was actually, for me, the first time that I thought Alex looked a bit guilty or a bit lost, a mm. bit confused. When all the eyes were on her, she was like, I don't know. You know if your name's come up. <laughs> if she'd said, I don't know, I'd have been like, okay, I know that my name's come up. <laughs> you should know that yours hasn't. Um, she did look like it shook her. She wasn't expecting it. And yeah, it was a bit of a ballsy move by Kate, but it could come with some great rewards if people start thinking about that a bit more. Yeah. Yeah, maybe she didn't think Alex was going to get banished tonight, but she's planting a seed that next week might it might exactly. lead to some maybe someone else next time will come back and say oh kate remember last time at the banishment room you said this thing about alex maybe we should come back to that um this is something else actually i've thought about various times is it also might be quite clever of a traitor to do something like this like to to sort of quietly attack your fellow traitors in front of everybody just because it makes it it makes it look like you know you are questioning everybody. Like Kate and Alex could then later on talk to each other and say, "Oh, wasn't that really great that I I brought you up?" Because it means it it makes it look like we are not best friends and we are never looking at each other. So it's more believable that we sometimes cast suspicions on one another. If you had a fellow traitor that you felt you could trust, yeah which is never going to happen in this game. But if you really felt <laughs> like you had someone that you could trust, maybe if, you know, you said in the future, there could be some series where it's relatives or like couples going in and you were both traitors. Um, then maybe you could be like, right, you bring me up and I'll bring you up. But then that would be, that would be odd bringing up your brother or your sister or your wife or your, you know, like it would just be a, <laughs> a bit of an odd thing to do, but you would need to have a lot of trust in that person because it is a risky, risky thing to put yourself out there. Yes. Putting yourself out there a little bit is sometimes good, but I don't know. It. I don't think, I don't think Alex will be happy about it. I don't think Alex will be happy about this in the slightest. Um, it, it 
it's not they definitely had not discussed this as an option of things to do I'll put it that way <laughs> no um and alex kind of tries to defend herself she just says i i don't i don't really know why i'm still here she says maybe because i was really close to marielle marielle didn't want to get rid of me because we're, we were friends um but she says she can't ask the traitors so she doesn't know yeah i I think she she does an okay job of just very quietly deflecting it. She just sort of shuts down that conversation. She's just like, well, I don't know, so I don't know what you want me to say. So there's no point in anyone pursuing it. Well, um, knows, Australian traitors in the in the round table kind of moment, people are very eloquent at talking about what's happening and saying why. Well, stop looking at me. The people that weren't have gone, <laughs> but the people that are left are very. Every time I'm listening to people talking. I w- I'm like, oh, I would believe that. Like, I would yeah. definitely, definitely listen to what you're saying and think, okay, it's not you. But you can only do that so many times before you have to pick somebody. But I'm, I'm actually really impressed by the way they can deflect accusations without having to really go in on somebody else. Normally, yeah. it's like, oh, you think it's me? Well, I think it's you. You know, like <laughs> you know, they just pass the buck along. Whereas this, they're like, well, you think it's me? Well, maybe it's because I had a good relationship with a traitor she trusted me so she knew i wouldn't want to vote for her that's what's kept me here so i don't know i can't ask i can't ask her she's not here anymore smart clever it just finishes the conversation there's nowhere to go with it um so but then lewis did it last time and then we'll come to Teresa. i'm sure very soon but Teresa's arguments for staying i was like these are smart things you're saying these are really clever these really would i couldn't vote for you having heard what you have just said i would yeah. have to vote for somebody else even going in thinking i'm voting for you tonight because i i really think she used words that and and um she she talked about it so eloquently that i was just completely taken it taken over by it yeah i i agree the i i i wonder if it's because they they have so much time on their own um, from speaking to various contestants. They spend so much time in their hotel rooms. I imagine they are just going over everything in their minds constantly. It's like, you know, those situations in life where you <laughs> prepare exactly what you're going to say when you're like anticipating maybe a, an argument or a discussion. So maybe they're just so prepared for all these different things that might come at them because they have hours and hours on their own to just ruminate on everything so it's possible but sometimes you're over prepared aren't you and then you you say something stupid or you get so worked up that no one's listening to you that you just go on the attack yeah. whereas i feel like these these contestants the ones that are left now are just calm they just let it they just go with the flow and that's the i think that's why they've lasted so long they've not really had an outburst they've not yeah. outed, they've not they've they've not done anything too wild it's just been nice calm discussions and here is why i'm not a traitor talk about somebody else now yeah, <laughs> this is yeah. very clever very clever yeah uh, Teresa turns her attention to kate right after this and she says i'm very surprised the traitors haven't taken you out yet and kate then retaliates by saying what she said earlier she's in the car when uh she was talking to or wherever she was talking the car the hotel who knows <laughs> she was talking to craig i think and she says Teresa, you didn't look surprised when I arrived at breakfast. And Craig also then kind of chimes in and he says, Teresa, you didn't vote for Nigel when he was banished. And we'd all discussed that was the plan. 
it all starts to sort of get just quite sort of um, theoretical and really complex here. Um, it's, it's, there's there's so many different paths and lines and arguments and memories all intersecting. She explained it well, though, I thought. She said that Nigel told her everyone was coming for her. Yeah. And of course, she didn't know that Nigel was a traitor. She thought he was a faithful. You hear that someone's coming for you you're going to go for them. So she was like, we had a bit of a pact to try and get through this stage was to, to get rid of Lewis. Yeah. And I know that might seem like, oh, you've got a pact with someone and that person was a traitor, but that's hindsight. <laughs> like mm. no one, no one can, can make a pact with someone without with knowing hundred percent what they are. Um, but I thought she explained that quite well. Um, but they just, this is where I think they were like, we have to vote for Teresa. Like we have to get someone out. We're just fighting for Teresa. Yeah. And Teresa also brings up this really important fact that she says, well, wait a minute, why why aren't we looking at Lewis still? She says, last banishment, we were all going to go for him, and then he got the shield, so we couldn't. She's, she's like, what the hell happened? Like, why, why are we now not caring about Lewis anymore? And at that point, it's kind of too late to do much else because it's time to vote. She did. I just want to. This is her final words before voting, which I thought were. This is what would make me be like, right, I can't vote for her. She said, like, what is it that I've done? She's like, it's nothing I have done. It's everything someone else has said. So it's like what Nigel has said, what someone else has said. She's physically done nothing. It's just what you can't be held responsible for everybody else's actions. And then she said, if you haven't seen it, then it didn't happen, which I kind of was like, I know that can't be 100% true in a game where you're never going to be around everyone all the time. But at the same point, she is right. If you haven't, if you're just being fed information in this game, you don't know what is truthful and what is a lie, like yeah. in this podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got to, uh, you've just got to use the information you've got at its, uh, in front of you and what you have physically seen. If, if you don't feel like she's really acting like a traitor, what you consider a traitor would act like, then just use you've got to vote a different way and that's why i've been like scrubbing out teresa's name and writing <laughs> lewis on it i probably wouldn't have selected alice or alex or kate but <laughs> i would have voted lewis instead <laughs> yeah i actually did feel really bad for teresa at that point because i thought she's speaking quite passionately but she's speaking to a room where 50 percent, well 50 percent of everybody who's not her is a traitor mm-hmm. so i thought oh i, I feel so bad because Kate and Alex are going to vote for her no matter what she says. So it's kind of gotten that she's trying to give it her all and it's pretty pointless. Yeah. Um, and so it's, a part, I mean, Teresa votes for Lewis and everybody else votes for, for Teresa. Um, so she stands up beside Roger. She says, this was an absolute mind boggle. I take awesome memories, friends. I'm taking Roger. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get upset by that? Were you like, no? <laughs> I was a little bit envious, yeah. You, you can't take that. Uh, yeah. Uh, she says, good luck in finding the traitors because I'm faithful. And uh, that, oh, that one must hurt. Uh Yes. Teresa then says to Roger, want to come with me? And he does. And it's just a brilliant, it's yeah. such a brilliant moment. Um, I will, You will hear Teresa's interview with me and she talks a little bit more about that moment. So she had some really funny stuff to tell me. Sure. Um, so off she goes. Alex um, is crying, as she's so good at doing. And Kate, I think Kate's kind of like, looks like she's, crying as well and she, Kate well, says she I, I just wanna, sorry uh, 
Kate, for me, this point, if people were looking actively, this, uh, for me, if I was, I hope anyway, if I was there paying attention, Kate was literally like, she was the scream painting, you know, like hands on her <laughs> mouth wide open. And I kind of was like, this is not a, this is not a normal reaction. Like this, it just looked so obviously I've got to look sad. I've got to look shocked, it, but it was a real hands on the face, mouth open. And then Alex is crying hard. Yeah. And Kate, to me, was very obviously fake crying. It was like, why, why does she act like a traitor if she yeah. wasn't one? And I was like, you could act a bit better if you are a traitor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you get found out. Yeah. It, she's so new to being the traitor. It's going to be so hard for her. This will be the first real time that she's had to go through these emotions and, and fake them. But it, again, it just looked, it looked forced to me, but I'm sure if I was in that situation, I would look equally, <laughs> equally as forced. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as we're on top of that, it's also the fact that she doesn't normally react in that way. So it's, it's the yes. fact that it's different from her normal reaction, maybe more than anything. Um, but yeah, she, she says, Kate says she just did a dark and like you said, she says, why did she act so much like a traitor? Um, Roger returns, so he didn't really go with Teresa. Um, <laughs> and he tells them that tonight there will be no murder. Uh, Craig turns to Alex and he says, we just got played. And she does this really clever thing. I, I think psychologically where she repeats his words back to him. Yes. So he says, we just got played. And she just looks at him and goes, we just got played. Yes. I thought that's probably very psychologically a good way of like bonding yourself with somebody to like repeat their words back to them and then they hug again she's doing this sort of physical contact thing that she's so good at and Kate notices it and this is when she realizes they are much closer than she thought and that she probably should have murdered Craig and not Paul but it's too late right <laughs> Um, we we get a little sort of moment that we don't normally get. Normally we sort of go straight to Traitor's Tower, but there's a sort of post-banishment come down. Craig is pissed off big time. Alex is still crying. I, I did wonder here if maybe it's a bit too much, like maybe she should stop now. Um, but the, the atmosphere is just very subdued, very sombre. Uh, it's, it's very uncomfortable. I mean, Craig and, says out loud that he's angry at everyone for playing him. Like, I'm yeah. angry that people are playing me. And I'm like, you're in a game. <laughs> people play <laughs> in the game. That That's what was really odd to me. And also, was there a moment in the episode tonight where Roger explained to them that if a traitor is left, they take the money? And everyone looked so shocked and confused. And I thought, have that not been explained to you before? Yeah. Uh, I can't remember if he mentioned it, but it's really interesting you say that because he's he's definitely they know the rules. Um, sure. You know they've at the, in the very first episode. I'm sure Roger has a moment in the banishment where he explains. Well, I went to watch the first episode and he didn't explain that. Oh, That's why I was confused because okay. there was a moment in this episode where Roger was like, you know, well done, you're the final four, no one's getting murdered. If anyone is left that's a traitor, they will take the money. And everyone was like, oh, they're going to take the money. But surely the traitors know. Maybe the traitors knew that, but the faithful didn't. But I went back to watch it, and there was at no point where he was like, he just kind of explained that the traitors would be murdering the faithful, and the faithful could 
could try and banish a traitor and then the money was there to be won at the end of it. It didn't explain, like the other ones had, that the traitors could steal it. So it just seemed at that point, because that's where, because Craig said something like, I'm not working all this, working this hard for a traitor to steal my money, or not my money, but steal the money. And I kind of thought, wait, but, well, they're working hard too. <laughs> but it just seemed odd that they didn't seem to know that. I didn't pick up on that, but... I will say this is not my lie. This is... The... <laughs> this is is it is it though um it makes me wonder though how how do the how would the viewers then if this if roger never says this how do the viewers know how the game is going to work later on i didn't watch i didn't go watch we watched the whole series to fight but i just went back to watch that first bit of the table where they explain and that's that's where i was just a bit confused well very very interestingly uh i if you listen to my interview with kate Kate says something very connected to this, actually. So I won't spoil it now, but I'll let you... You'll hear Kate's interview at some point. And okay. she, yeah, she actually does mention something about this. And I don't want to spoil it, so I'll say no more than that. So I wonder if, like, maybe in the Traitor's Handbook, they had an idea that they could win money or could win something at the end, but the faithful didn't know that it would be their money that they'd won. Maybe the Traitors didn't know it would be their money. But yeah, I'm... I'm I'll be curious to listen to that interview now then and, and, and see what you mean. But it just yeah. they looked so shocked that I thought, this is odd. You should know this. <laughs> You've basically got to the final. You should know what's happening in this game. Yeah. Uh, yes, very strange. Um, so we return to Traitor's Tower for the end of the episode. I got the impression that there was a bit of an awkward atmosphere between Alex and Kate maybe because Kate had sort of brought up Alex's name at the banishment room. Um, they they take off their masks and Alex is grinning, but Kate looks really troubled. So there, there's definitely some... Uh, something is not aligned between them. There's, there's, They're not on the same page, I don't reckon. One of the interviews, Kate... Right after when, when Alex was crying, Kate was like, I'm furious that she is crying this much. And I was like, well, there's no point being angry about it. <laughs> Very angry about it. But <laughs> I think it's because she so convincingly was crying. I think she probably was upset. I think you like people, you don't really want to see them go, but you have to see them go. So she probably was, they were half real tears and half like, here I am in the game. Yeah. Now. But Kate actually said, I'm furious with her. And then when we, she gets back to Trey's Tower, that is what it looks like. She looks furious, but really, I feel like it should be the other way around. Alex should be mad because Kate brought her name up. Yeah. But, I mean, it could be editing. Alex pops her mask off, big smile. Here we are, haven't we done well? <laughs> Kate's there like, I literally want to stab you in the back. <laughs> for real, not just in the game. So yeah, it was, a, yeah. It was a, a weird, awkward moment for the end of the episode. It was, and it essentially ends there because there's no murder tonight. Therefore, there is nothing for them to discuss. Uh, and so the episode ends. Overall then, Rob, uh, is, was it a good episode? Did we enjoy this episode? I enjoyed the episode mainly because of the, well... I shouldn't have enjoyed it, really, should I? Because Teresa got uh, eliminated. And I am all in black in mourning today <laughs> on my St. Teresa. Um, but I feel like it was a good episode for gameplay, a really good episode for people playing the traitors very well. 
a bad episode for interesting challenges really that that was the only downside it was a little bit boring for the for the challenge side of things but the overall episode now we've talked about it it actually seems like a lot happened that that i probably just glossed over a little bit while watching it but to be fair it's it had a lot of really interesting gameplay so good episode good episode so that means that we're heading into the final with our four remaining players we have alex and kate the traitors and we have craig and lewis the faithful it it means that the the faithful are going to have a difficult job now of winning. It's not impossible, but they're going to have to get rid of both traitors going into the final now. Um, you know how without without spoilers, how do you feel about the final? You know what the the first time you watched it, did you have any sort of predictions about where it was going to go? What did you think? I did not have any idea of how it was going to go. I I think it's actually a really exciting finale. Um, the people that are left in it are really good game players. Um, it could go anyway. I think from who is left and voting, how the voting's been going, it's fairly obvious, I think, for the first little, like how it's going to narrow it down a little bit. But who's going to win? I didn't have a clue. I didn't have a clue. And I think that's what makes this series quite explosively exciting because you just don't know what's going to happen. In other series, I had a good idea, whereas this one, no no clue whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it is such a great finale. And you mentioned David Bloomberg before. So David is going to join me again to go over the final episode. So I'm really excited to talk to David all about it. Yeah. Um, we are almost at the end. We are almost ready to finish or trader traitor before we get there i'm putting you on the spot a little bit because i didn't ask you about this beforehand uh, i think last time we spoke you gave us a uh, some uh, recommendation for tv show i did is, is there anything else in the meantime you've been watching anything else that you think we might like i had not prepared for this <laughs> <laughs> but i will say um, when you had Lindsay on last time, she recommended Superstore, which I loved. <laughs> Honestly, I, I think that's probably watched the most on my Netflix account, just on repeat. I just have it on in the background because I just love it. I just think it's so good. <laughs> um, okay, yes, I'm a bit of a podcast. I love podcasts. This is how I ended up here. <laughs> uh, and if you want some... Yeah, I, I listen to quite a lot of podcasts. Yes, true crime, you'll get that everywhere. But there's some good ones about liars, which obviously is great for this for this podcast. <laughs> um, one I've just finished listening to uh, is called Scamander, as in Scam and Amanda come together. Uh, okay, excellent, very very good. Loved it. Really really interesting. Um, and then I believe one I will listen to earlier in the year or last year, which is incredible is called sweet bobby i think it's called sweet bobby it's definitely got bobby in the name because that's my name so i remember (laughs) i'm pretty sure it's called sweet bobby and that one is wild like it is quite the story i don't want to ruin it in any way but if you like stories about con men con women con you know like it is very very good very very good okay I will. These are real people's lives, so it's not. It's probably not supposed to be as entertaining as they are. <laughs> it's very, very good. Very, very good. Yeah, uh, I'm going to track those down, and I'll put links to them uh, in the notes for the episode. Um, I definitely want to check those out. So, Rob, we have been 
trying to betray one another. We've been playing the traitor, traitor. Ooh. Ah. I did lie to you at some point during this discussion, um, and I think you lied to me as well. Did you lie to me? Uh, me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. Okay. Um, I... I'm pretty confident this time. I am pretty confident I know your lie. I, you probably do know my lie because I don't feel that confident about it. <laughs> oh, I don't. I was very confident when you said it, and now I'm thinking, well, maybe I'm, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm gonna. I'm right. You tell me what you think it is then, and then I'll no, get to yours. Maybe I've got. I've never got this wrong now. I should have just kept my mouth. I should have kept my mouth. <laughs> um, well, this episode, I wrote everything down. <laughs> I, I literally wrote everything down because I thought. He's going to get me again, and I, I don't. Did you say that the code was your year of birth, and it wasn't? I I did say the code was my year of birth, and it wasn't my year of birth. Yeah, you yes. got me. Oh, round of applause! Round of applause. This is the first time I've ever got it right. <laughs> I'm so annoyed with myself. <laughs> <laughs> what gave it away? Is it because I'm so young looking and I couldn't possibly have been born in that year? Yes. <laughs> yes. Or was it just because it was a really bad lie? <laughs> uh, no, I, I, um, obviously with that filter you have on the camera. <laughs> I was not born in 1987. I was I'm actually older than that. So I was born in 1984. Um, but... I did. That is the code. So, the code was 1987. No, I wrote down the code. That's why I was like, uh, I think, I think he's just probably dabbled with that. I don't think that would be an easy thing to lie about. Like you only you only read out one code, and that's why I was like, if you done all three of them, then I might not have thought about it. But because you just said one, I was like, and the reason why, because that's the year I'm born. I'm like, no, that no, that can't be it. <laughs> <laughs> You caught, I'm getting. I'm actually getting worse at this game, not better as it goes on. This is really bad. Well done. You caught me. Probably because I've done it once before and failed miserably. So <laughs> now, like, I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna find it. Um, as for your lie, yes, I. Right, I'm going to tell you my runner-up guess, okay. and you don't, you don't, you don't need to tell me if I'm right or not. My runner-up guess that I'm not going to go with is the. Um, you mentioned, I think you said you went to Australia with your brother and you did some sort of climbing thing. And I wondered if maybe that was a lie, but I'm not going to go for that. What I'm going to go for is with my first guess, which was earlier than that. Did you, you said that you'd watched the Norwegian traitors and I think that might be your lie. That is not a lie. That is oh. 100% true. That is 100% true. <laughs> And your first guess was correct. <laughs> was that was that the lie? Yeah, that was the oh. lie. That was the lie. I do. I am. I'm not great with heights, but I'm not really scared of them. And I have not. Yeah, that was that was the lie. That was. My brother lives in Australia, but that is that was the lie. Yes, I should have. You were so close. I know. I, I, when I threw in that Norwegian one, I was like, "Wait, he's not going to believe this." Yeah, and I thought, "This is great. This is going to mask my other my actual lie." But no, it's. Uh, I have watched. All the Dutch series, I have watched the Norwegian series. Uh, I have watched the Belgian series. So yeah, there's a lot of them out there with subtitles. You have to, obviously I don't speak all those languages, but uh, yeah. I think it's the Norwegian series actually, where you said something last time and it was your lie about 
a contestant saying accidentally saying i'm a i'm a faithful or but i'm yeah. a traitor well that actually does happen in that <laughs> one stands there and says something like i am a traitor and everyone's like huh <laughs> it's like oh i mean faithful it actually does happen i think it is in the norwegian one where that does happen. that's uh, yeah I, I totally fabricated that maybe i was psychically picking it up from the fabric of the universe i'm not yes. sure maybe um bonded with the uh with oh no i've got no name uh the psychic from the australian one. Oh, chloe chloe yes chloe, chloe. i'm picking up on chloe's vibes yes. um I thought when you mentioned Nor- Nor- you watched Norwegian Traitors, I thought, haha, that's a lie. But then you said something else about it, about there being celebrities on it. And I thought, no, yeah. he seems to know it really well. That must be true. When and I then you, that, you yeah. referenced it a third time. And I, then I was like, no, he's talking about it too much. He's going over the top. It is fake. <laughs> well, there you go. Just, uh, just, just. Next time, next time. You're you like it. triple bluffed me or something. Triple I don't know. Bluff, yeah. Uh, anyway, well, well done, well done, good job. Thank you, Rob. Thank you so much for joining me to talk about episode eleven. I hope you've had a nice time. Yes, a great time as always. Excellent. I will talk to you very soon. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. Hello, faithful trader listeners. It was lovely to have Rob back to talk about episode 11 of The Traitors Australia, and I've put links to the two podcasts he recommended in the episode description that you should be able to see on your player. Up next on The Trader, I have not one, but two interview specials. Firstly, you can hear my interview with murdered elusive Paul, where you can find out all about why we see so little of him on the TV show. And I also spoke to Rob's number one traitor's idol, Saint Teresa, all about her experiences on the show, Matt's obsession with her, and her untimely banishment. Those interview specials are available right now. And as always, you can keep up to date with the podcast on Instagram at the Tradar Podcast or Twitter at the Tradar Pod. In fact, if you check out my post from the 5th of July, you'll see photographic evidence of my serendipitous in-person meeting with a Traitors UK star that I still can't get over. You can also email me at the Podcast at gmail.com if you want to ask me all about how on earth that destined meeting came about. Until next time, stay faithful.